John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hey, everybody. It's Edward Allen Peterson. Oh, and it's John Frederick Kiltica over here right across from you, Ed. <laughs> It's the High Gain Podcast, John. It is the High Gain Podcast. You've got a guitar over there. I do. Are we going to talk about guitars today? We are going to talk about guitars today. Oldie time guitars. Oldie time guitars. Way back. Way back machine. Yeah. Where are we, John? We are in beautiful West Seattle, Washington, United States of America. Yep. 98116. Yeah. If you want to, you know, call in a strike on where we are currently. Yeah. If you're looking to call in that strategic airstrike, air we're at Ed's house. <laughs> it hasn't rained in a while. That has been fantastic. Very unusual for the Seattle. We had a little bit of a cold spell. It got kind of cold. Yeah. Not like the Northeast, though. Not like the Northeast. They got hammered with some snow. Mm-hmm. A blizzard. We're doing the thing where we're making references to current events, and then this is going to drop in two or three weeks. Oh, it's not evergreen. We're not evergreening this show. Yeah. You know, ignore all that weather talk. Yeah, as you listen to this right now, viewers, mm -hmm. the weather is what it is. Sure. Weather in your area may or may not resemble the weather we're describing. Uh, that guitar you're holding? Yes. Is pretty cool. This is from the 50s. It's black. Yeah. And it is a Dan Electro U2. Yep. From 1957, the first year they made these. It's rad. The welcome wind will cut you out Faster than you think The smiling sun will melt you down Before you blink The happy earth will take you in Like paper swallows in Beverages, Ed. The happy earth. Is that what you said? Yes. That's pretty good. You did not stay hydrated. You collapsed. You became desiccated. You returned to the earth. 
We preach the bennies of staying hydrated here at the high gain. That's right. So that song is just, you know, a gentle reminder of how screwed you are if you don't stay hydrated. I've got a black coffee. Nice. In a, what is this? It's a George Washington University mug. Yes, it is, because that is where my niece goes to school. That's cool. Down in Foggy Bottom, Washington, D.C. Oh. You know about Foggy Bottom? No, tell me about it. Way back in the day, Washington, D.C., that area was a low-lying swamp that always had a kind of miasma over it. Ooh, miasma. That's a good word. That's one of those John words. Yeah, word, pestilence, and fog, and crap. So they called it Foggy Bottom. I see. It has since been, over the last couple hundred years, kind of filled in and built. Sure. It's not that anymore. It is no longer a miasma of pestilence, which is what you just said it was. that's right. That's pretty good. They drained that swamp. Foggy bottom, right? Yes. I just watched Licorice Pizza. Uh Uh-huh. Went to the movie theater with my lovely wife, Vicky. Yes. We had like a date night. Did you hold hands? Yeah, probably a little bit. Oh, nice. You know, make out in the back row. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Did you do the popcorn trick? (laughs) (laughs) Vicky was holding the popcorn, (laughs) so. Okay. But Licorice Pizza, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's new film. Yes. Possibly my least favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. Ugh. Tell us what else he has done. Boogie Nights. Oh. Magnolia. Jeez. The Master. There Will Be Blood. How do you beat all of that stuff? Bangers, top to bottom. So saying licorice pizza is maybe my least favorite, that's like there's nine million amazing cakes, and this is my least favorite amazing delicious cake. There once was a time where I would say licorice on pizza, that's horrible. (laughs) Right. But there really is no such thing philosophically as bad pizza. Sure. In this film, it's kind of a coming-of-age in Hollywood story. Right. And the coming-of-age kid is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman. Oh. He opens a waterbed store. He calls it Soggy Bottom. Shout out, Paul Thomas Anderson. Shout out. I notice you have a beverage that looks the color of dark red house paint. Yeah. Kind of the last few episodes, I haven't been bringing juice because I feel like you were juice shaming me or something. (laughs) Juice shame. (laughs) I'm just trying to help you make the best juice choices. Yeah. Let me guess. There's beets in there. No. There's bark in there. No. There is kale, but it's red kale and blood oranges. So spot on with the whole house paint red. It looks like if a very sickly person died and bled out on your floor, this is probably the color that would would come out. It's a citrusy banger. What about you? What do you got? I have juice as well. Yeah. I have an Ocean Spray Diet Cran Pineapple Juice. That's fantastic. Yeah. This guitar, named after the U2 spy plane, yes or no? I like to get the questions out of the way early, John. Don't know. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is the Dan Electro. This is the Dan Electro U2. This is 1957, the first year these came out. The people with the longest memories will recall that we did a Dan Electro of this vintage in episode 13. Oh my God. We did a 57 U2? We did a 58 U3, the three pickup version. Was it gold? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. August 14th, 2018. I bet that episode is fucking terrible. I'm not saying you tune in and week after week they're just like A pluses the whole way down now. But man, listening to some of those early ones is rough. I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. I listened to the first one like a year ago. Oh my God, what were we doing? Well, you know, the story is still fascinating. Okay. As much as it was in 2018. So let's get into that. If you're telling me that there was a U2 and there was also a U3. And a U1. That makes me think not named after the plane. Yeah. The story starts with our good friend Nathan I. Daniel, known as Nat. Okay. Our man Nat is born in 1912 in New York City. Oh. 1994, we lose Nat. Tell me what year he was born? 1912. Okay, he had a run. That's not bad at all. Yeah. In the 1930s, he drops out of college to build and sell his own amplifiers. Right. His first big customer was actually Epiphone. They were selling Daniel Electrical Laboratories amplifiers with their guitars. Cool. And that was going great until it didn't because he had to go to war. Yep. And he went to war and studied radio shit, right? He was a civilian electrical designer for the Army Signal Corps. He designed shielding okay. that went into Jeeps and motorcycles to prevent radio interference. And we discussed how bad it would be if you have the radio interference. Maybe the army is out there in the field shooting shit, and they're trying to call an airstrike. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Right. What? Right. That's bad. It's terrible. Yeah. So he does that, World War II. Smarty pants. Yeah. But then he gets out of World War II. Right. And in 1947, starts business back up. Only this time he changes the name. He shortens it to Dan Electro. I think that was a good decision, Dan. Nat. Yeah, Dan Nat. He founds it in Red Bank, New Jersey. A lovely place down the shore. It's very nice down there. Okay. He continues to make amps, our man Nat. Mm-hmm. Now, not only is he making them for Epiphone, he's making them for Sears and Montgomery Ward. In fact, you know yes. the amps that have built-in tremolo? Okay. He invented that. I remember that. And he also did the amp in the case. Yes. That's him. He invented a bunch of stuff, it turns out, that he never even bothered to patent. Yeah. I wonder if patenting was as big a pain in the ass in the 50s as it is today. It does seem kind of prohibitive. Whoa. I was just shredding. Did you hear that? I heard it. I'm pretty good at shredding. Well. <laughs> in 1954, he starts making solid body electric guitars. I think he wants to get into that with everybody and their cousin at the time. Mm -hmm. 54 is when the Stratocaster came out. Still early days. Yeah. I feel like there's a huge delta between the Fender Boys and Dan Electro. Yeah, he designed them to be budget instruments. He seems to have had a genuine interest in enabling younger people who wanted to start out. Right. So that's what he did, and it was a hit through Sears and Montgomery Ward. The house brand for Sears is Silvertone, and for Montgomery Ward, it's Airline. Yes. So that's how those were branded in 54. Silvertone and Airline were not necessarily just Dan Electro's. 
The Chicago boys were part of this too. Right. If you're Sears and you say, our official in-house brand is called Silvertone. Hey, uh, lackey over there at the desk, find a couple few people to make us guitars that we can stamp Silvertone on. Yep. Okay, boss. The Chicago boys over at Supru, they'll do it. Yep. And I found this cat in New Jersey, Dan Electro, he'll do it. And so that's just how that went. Yeah. So this thing has two lipstick pickups in it. There is an oft-repeated story that these are surplus lipstick tubes. Yes. They are lipstick tubes. Yes. They are not surplus. Our man Nat just found out where the factory was that cranked these things out and just bought a bunch and used them for pickups. I remember that. Yeah. I don't know if I would have recalled the surplus versus not surplus part of it. Yeah. In 56, Nat makes a baritone guitar. Okay. He even did uh, bass six. Arguably the first person to do that. Arguably. I think it leans in Nat's favor. Okay. Because we know Fender made one as well. Eventually, Gibson would make them. But uh, most people think it was Nat. Okay. Until in 1957, this thing comes out, the U2, Mm -hmm. along with its brethren, the U1 and the U3. Right. It was only out for two years. Really? Yeah. It was discontinued in 58. Huh. I don't know if that meant it didn't do really well or what. Dan Electro made branded guitars for Silvertone and Airline through the 60s and stuff, right? Yeah, sure. Nat was keeping the house brand stuff alive, even if he wasn't putting his own name on this one after 58. Okay. What Nat was trying to do with Mm -hmm. the ones that say Dan Electro Right. He was just going around to shops. Hey, guitar store, you want to carry these Dan Electros? I wonder if the stores would say, no thanks, I could just buy a silver tone out of the catalog. Right. Yeah, but I'm the guy that made that. That's me. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the sales numbers were for Dan Electro versus Silvertone in the corresponding year. Because my guess would be Silvertone just sold a fucking shit ton. I can't imagine that Nat would have had the distribution that the catalogs would have had. Right. I could see him not making them beyond 58. It's a pain in the ass to try and sell them, and Sears is buying everything I can make anyway. Right. Why bother? Nat was about cutting the cost as much as he could when he made these things. You get some poplar wood, and you cut it in the shape of a guitar. This one is in the neighborhood of Les Paul shape, single cutaway style. More like a junior. Yeah, and you make a frame. Yep. On the top and bottom of that frame, you mount masonite. Science material. And then down the middle of it, there's a block that you can attach your bridge and your pickups and your controls to. Yep. So what do you do about that rough cut piece of poplar that you made the frame out of? You get yourself some lovely vinyl tape and just tape around the edges. (laughs) Don't even bother sanding it or anything. Just throw some tape on it. Call it a day. And that's all there was to it. What we can't do is play the how much did it cost game. I unintentionally fucked myself on this Uh. game. Because I looked up the Sears catalog for 57, just to kind of see if it made it to the catalog, and it did. How much? The U2 model was $59.95. Wow. Big capital letters, new exclamation point. Oh. 57, they were like brand new. Yeah. Solid body guitar. Well, not really. Kinda, I guess. It sounds really great. It's got a nice bite to it. The knobs on it are concentric. The lower part of the knob is volume. The Mm -hmm. upper part that sits inside of it is tone for each pickup. You can choose bridge, neck, or both. Yep. Neck. 
Bridge? I don't really hear so very much difference there. Oh, I do. I'll exaggerate it. Tone down on the neck. That's nice. And then bridge. In 1966, mm -hmm. Nat sells. Oh, okay. He sells to MCA. Great. They know a lot about guitar manufacturing, I'm sure. I'm sure they do, yeah. MCA did not then sell to British Petroleum, right? That's not these guys. There's a silver lining anyway. Yeah. Nat stays on as president. Oh, okay. So it's still Nat's joint. Yeah. He's just got some more cash behind it. Perfect. So what's the first thing they do with this newly formed behemoth? Man, mid-60s, and he's just like rolling in cash. I bet Nat was having a great time. I did find a picture of Nat. Yeah. On the Google machine. Okay. Water skiing. <laughs> was he wearing those skin-tight trunks? With a little belt. On yeah, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> was he like that? Probably. Uh, the first thing they come up with, Ed, in 67, mm -hmm. the choral line of instruments. Do you remember any of those? Yes. One of them was the electric sitar. One was more of a hollow body style guitar. And the other one was called the Belzuki. Ooh. And these were all in collaboration with our man Vinnie Bell. Do you remember Vinnie Bell? I don't. Vinnie Bell was kind of the promoter evangelist for Den Electro. Hell of a musician his own self. Okay. And he had a hand in developing these instruments and he would go around and play them and kind of promote them and get dealers to kind of pick up on it. While at the same time playing gigs and doing studio dates. Sure. One of his more famous studio gigs later in his years, he played the ethereal guitar parts on the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Sure, sure. Yeah, that was our man Vinny. Okay. So it's going great, right? Everything's cool? I think so. Uh, not really. No, what happened? In 1969, Dan Electro is closed down. They shut it down. So we had like a good solid three years there of sucking up that MCA cash, water yeah. skiing, yeah. doing hippie stuff. Yeah, so Nat tries to go back to individual retailers like he had been doing. Oof. It's unknown if that was any more successful than it ever was. These were things that were ubiquitous in the mail order catalogs. And then the hippy-dippy 60s happened, and there's Stratocasters and Les Pauls all over the joint. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your stuff's not in the catalogs anymore, and you're going around the shop saying, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know I'm still making these. <laughs> and also, by that point, there was probably such a flood of low-end instruments, like the Chicago stuff. Well, and by the late 60s, the whole Japanese market is encroaching upon this and driving prices down even further. Right. So is that the end of Dan Electro, Ed? I don't think it is. Are they out of the game? No, I don't think so. Are they so. dead and gone? I think you can buy Dan Electro's today. So something tells me no. You are correct, but it would be a while. Okay. First, we have to get through 1994. Okay. We've often talked about the advent of grunge and how it killed multiple genres of hairband music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're in a rock and roll war like that, yeah. there's going to be collateral damage. Okay. You can't help it. Right. 1994, we lose Nat. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it's unknown whether or not grunge killed Nat Daniel. Sure. But maybe. Probably just coincidental. That's also the year we lost Kurt Cobain. Oh, did they plan it? Doubtful, but 
weirdo little genres spring up here and there and That's everywhere. Right. Yeah. And around that time, the weirdo surf rock thing. Yes. Like Manor Astro Man was very big. And I feel like Dan Electro Silvertone guitars were the guitar for that kind of music. I think you are exactly right. Maybe that genre had something to do with reviving the entire business for that company. In the late 90s, a company called the Evitz Corporation buys the rights to the Dan Electro name. Okay. So now they own it, and they're going to try to spin it back up. Yep. They reissue the U1, the U2, and the U3. What year? 90 what? 98. Okay. For only three years, 98 to 2001. I guess they couldn't make it go. Uh, at that point, you might remember Dan Electro was making stomp boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were making those little stomp boxes named after food. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the French toast or the grilled cheese or the Ed smoothie. So was that was that this company? Was that those guys? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so they had some level of success with like low-end effects. Yeah, and the guitars at that point were secondary. Maybe that's why they stopped uh, when they did in 2001. It's like, oh, let's just do the effects and call it a day. Yeah. In 2005, they released them again, the guitars. They renamed the U2. Now they're calling it the 56 Pro. Good job. The pickups on the 56 Pro were a higher output. I guess that makes sense for 2005 as opposed to 1957. Sure. And that was it, mm -hmm. which leads us up into the today times, basically. The thing is, if you look at those modern recreations of these guitars, it just looks like what you're holding. Kind of nice just without anything on it. Not bad. Yeah. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Buy or deny? Are you gonna buy this or not, Ed? Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy this guitar. Yeah? Yeah, I'll just buy it. That's a good one. I've seen those Dan Electro reissues and I've been kinda, uh, you know, they're inexpensive and it would be fun. This one's just the real deal. When? Yeah. We didn't mention that after 2010 up till the today times, Dan Electro was still making guitars and they still have all kinds of different variants and styles. Yeah. You can get them and they're inexpensive. So should anybody have a Dan Electro? Yeah, why not? Yeah. It does that sound. Right. It's worth having, I think. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily go hunt out a cheap Dan Electro reissue but this old original one is pretty cool. What about you? Yeah, I think it would be a buy. I've had one before. I would have one again. This is more of a commitment, though. A 57, you're actually committing to buying a big boy guitar. Yeah, you're paying for it. Yeah. You're paying whatever the vintage market currently bears. More than the $60 that guitar was in 1957. That's right. It is fun that you can go on the internet and look up Sears catalog, and you can actually just use the internet machine to go page by page through a 57 catalog. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And so that's it. Does that rekindle, Ed, your admiration and overall warm feelings about our man, Nat Daniel? 
Yeah, I think he was a pretty cool guy. Yeah, it seems like he was. I think he had his shit together. I'm glad he had that mid-60s run where he was flush with cash and out there water skiing. Yeah. Maybe water skiing with a pipe in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to put pictures of this on the website, like Mm -hmm. we always do. Yeah. As well as on our social edges. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go to the Instagram or the Facebook or any of the other places uh, we inhabit, yeah, go look at the pictures and knock yourself out. You'll love it. Have an enjoyable time. I think you did pretty well, Ed. Oh, thanks, John. You remembered stuff. Whew. I'm exhausted. I need to go take a nap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I do, too. Why don't we just go do that? Okay, bye. All right, bye.